Emerging from their reconstruction pods after a years, Kim and AJ, hosts of Asynchronous, embark on a journey in an unfamiliar part of the galaxy, working for the mysterious, definitely not xenophobically motivated, Cerberus. As they begin their travels, they meet some fresh-faced squad mates and run into one or two familiar faces. New alliances forged and old flames rekindled, the hosting duo begin their playthrough of Mass Effect 2. and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And we are back for season four of the podcast. Uh, We are, I guess, talking about a quote-unquote new game, but not a new franchise. Uh, We're (laughs) talking about Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 2, yay! Been waiting for this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Halfway through Thirteen Sentinels, uh, Kim was like, "So after this, uh, it'll be Mass Effect 2, right?" Yeah, yeah. Just to remind folks, this is a game that I have played before that AJ has not, so I am not experiencing it for the first time. But for <laughs> I've played it quite a few times at this point, uh, and it still rips. Yeah, it's a a, a great time, uh, and I definitely want to talk about it. So I think uh, before we do that. Kim, I know you have some bullshit. I do. I do. So obviously in these games with big casts, it's always fun to have like a bullshit that's about all of the different members of the cast. Mass Effect 2 is a little bit different because we're collecting the cast as we go. Like that is the game is collecting the squad. So right now you start out with just Miranda and Jacob. And I know that we we have gotten another squad mate or a couple other squad mates. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to start with just Miranda and Jacob, and I'd like to play a game of Would You Rather about okay. Miranda and Jacob. All right. So, uh, yes. to start out, who would you rather go on a road trip with between Miranda and Jacob? I think it's got to be Miranda because I'm not a great planner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Miranda would have that shit on lock. She would, yeah, um, she'd really I mean, have an itinerary for you. Yeah, and I feel like a road trip is like, on, to a certain extent, you can kind of play it loosey-goosey, but you like need to have like destinations and hotels set up and stuff, mm-hmm. which which I think, you know, Miranda would have that stuff like a year in advance, I think we would yeah. set. Yeah, I, for me, it was tough because I feel like, yes, Miranda would do a lot of the planning and help out. I also think that like, she would be the better conversationalist. Like, I think you'd have more interesting conversations mm. in the car with Miranda. Certainly. Um, but I do think that, like, because Miranda's, like, kind of a control freak, um, I kind of feel like there might be a little bit of tension. Like, sure. I think Jacob is more likely to be easygoing. But Definitely. at the end of the day, I think I agree with you. I think that it has to be Miranda. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of surprising myself with that answer, honestly. But it, for a lot of the stuff you said, like... She, Miranda is abrasive. She's quite a lot mm-hmm. as a as a person, but I think I think she would bring the necessary uh, the necessary energy to make the road trip a success. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, who would you rather assemble a piece of IKEA furniture with? Uh, Jacob, hundred percent. Yeah, um, I, agree. I yeah, I, I I love putting together IKEA furniture. Like 
if somebody's just there to watch me do it, that's great. I don't usually need help unless it's like a thing mm-hmm. that you need two people to lift. Um, and Miranda, I mean, for similar reasons, uh, being a control freak would just make that absolutely miserable. Yeah. I totally agree. I feel like with Jacob, it would be like, let's turn some music on and like have a fun time and just like chit chat and whatever. And Miranda would be like, I need piece number A or whatever. You know, (laughs) she would be like number A. She she would be. That's exactly why I can't. I can't assemble a piece of furniture with Miranda. She'd be like, what are you doing? I can't do her accent. Clearly have like the the different boxes for like each part Mm -hmm. of the project, which is just not necessary it yeah. just isn't this it's Miranda it's not necessary we don't have to do that they look yeah. different enough yeah she would be she'd be very difficult to do that with okay this one's a little bit longer uh let me explain okay you've been selected to be a contestant on nailed it the netflix show where amateur bakers compete to make elaborately decorated baked goods in an impossibly short time frame you're going to be on one of the episodes that feature teams of two who are you choosing for your team i think it's got to be jacob it's, it's got to be Jacob, I think, for similar reasons to the Ikea stuff. Like I can I can cook slash bake pretty fine. And I think Miranda would just make bring the energy that's like uncomfortable to watch mm-hmm. in an episode of Nailed It where one person is like super into it and like really trying to do it right and like just not. So I think Jacob would be more fun and also better uh, content wise. We would get more screen time with Jacob. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, they would they would probably like Jacob uh, just because he's so handsome. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think that um, I completely agree with you for all of of the reasons that you said. And like, especially on a show like Nailed It, where like you're competing, but like it is very low stakes competition. Yes. Like yes. the prizes aren't that big. The whole point is that everyone's doing a bad job. Yeah. And so that is just the energy Miranda would bring to that would just be awful. Yeah. There's nothing more uncomfortable to me than watching somebody actually try to compete on Nailed It. Like, mm-hmm. just make the recipe and fuck it up and have a fun time. You know? Yeah. The, like, the people who do a halfway decent job, I'm like, how did you like how did casting fuck up and put you here, <laughs> frankly, because you don't belong here. Go home. Go home yeah. and post on Instagram. Uh, anyway, next one. There's a, a couple more. Your younger sister is getting married and your overbearing mother is hounding you about the fact that you're still single. To get her off your back, you impulsively tell her that you've just started dating someone and they will, in fact, be your date at the wedding. The problem is the wedding is 30 days away, so you need to find a date fast. Your options are Miranda or Jacob. Who are you choosing? Oh, man. Is it weird to say I think Miranda would be fun at a party? Huh. I don't think that that is weird to say. There's just something about her energy that like feels like it would be better in a group setting where everyone's kind of on equal footing and it's mm-hmm. like an event that's not for her. You work know, hard, she's play not play hard. <laughs> work hard, play hard. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's I think kind of where where my head's at. I think I think it would be Miranda. Mm -hmm. And she would make like a really good impression. Right. Like, oh, I think as long as they didn't have like too long of a one on one conversation with her and find out how full of herself she is. (laughs) I think that it would be like, wow. Yeah, I do do think Miranda has an ultimatum, though. It's like, I'll do this, (laughs) but you're going to pay me like 500 bucks or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some sort of exchange of. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are correct. There there would be because I mean, listen, it's one of those classic setups. Right. So there would have to be some kind of hijinks um, before you fall in love at the end. (laughs) Right. Of course. I think I would I I think I would also pick 
Miranda just because of the wow factor, right? Like if this is to impress a bunch of people, yeah, Miranda is a very impressive date. She has a lot of credentials to her name as she loves to remind us all the time. I do think that Jacob would like would make a good impression, but it would be like, oh, yeah, what a nice guy. Like it would, you know, like if you're trying to if you're in a situation where your younger sister is getting married and, you know, you're the older sister and you always thought it was going to be you who would get married first. And so she's, you know, you kind of want to like show that you can actually be, you know, I can find a date. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you you might want to choose a Miranda. Yeah, um, you want to find someone serious. Mm -hmm. you know? I if it were like a group hang with friends. I might pick Jacob, but for a wedding, Miranda. Yeah, definitely a wedding, Miranda. Okay, last question. There's a runaway trolley barreling down the oh, railway tracks. <laughs> keep not, going. It's not what you think. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it is what you think, but probably not in the way that you're thinking it'll be. I can't wait Ahead, for the memes um, of this. <laughs> oh, the memes are going to be good. Ahead on the tracks, Jacob and Miranda are tied up and unable to move. The trolley is heading straight for them. You're standing some distance off in the train yard next to a lever. If you pull this lever, the trolley will switch to a different set of tracks. Okay. <laughs> um, switch to a different set of tracks. However, you notice there is one person on this other track, Morden Solis, a character you haven't met yet. <laughs> I haven't even met yet. But who you preemptively like so much that you bought his figurine from the That's Bioware true. store before we even started making yeah. this season. And you're holding up it up to me right now. Yes. I don't know why I held it up. Obviously, you can't see it. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. Uh, do you pull the lever? Oh, uh, man. <laughs> I uh, just a little peek behind the curtain. I was going to make this. I asked AJ their favorite uh minor <laughs> character from mass effect one and i was gonna make it them shit but then i remembered uh that i could put morden here and it would actually mm -hmm. probably be a pretty good good trolley uh, problem oh man i i think i'm gonna pull it and switch it to morden i don't know anything about wow. this boy except for the fact that when you meet him maybe or like shortly after you meet him he does sing a, a rendition of pirates of penzance and that's just incredible um mm -hmm. but Oh man, yeah. I think I think it's got to be that. Yeah, honestly, unfortunately. Wow. Uh, um, yeah, I would. I wouldn't it's, pull it. It's just it. a numbers game at that point. I think. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would pull it. Um, sure. because I honestly, in the grand scheme of things, in the Mass Effect universe, do not care for Miranda or Jacob very much at sure, all. Sure. Um, but I know Morden. Morden is a love him or hate him character for most sure. people. So, um, I know a lot of people who would relish pulling that lever. <laughs> um yeah so yeah that's all the those are all the questions i have for you i feel like i'm gonna regret this choice next week I'll have maybe to, i'll have to come back maybe not we'll see <laughs> we'll see <laughs> uh yeah thanks for playing that game with me that was uh wonderful and honestly made me think about these characters in, you know obviously in ways yeah. that I, I wouldn't have uh wow mm. i love this and i can't wait to get more into miranda and jacob so why don't we just Let's hop go. right in yeah. to our recap slash discussion yes. on Mass Effect 2. Oh, I guess uh, it should say uh, we're talking about today oh, yeah. the uh -huh. prologue, obviously, the Freedom's Progress mission, and also the completions of the dossiers for the veteran and uh, Archangel. Yes. Uh, so those are the story beats we will be ruining or spoiling, I guess, not ruining. Um, <laughs> so if you have not played those, go ahead and play them because uh, it's a fun game. It's good. All right. So here we go. 
Oh, also, if you can't play them yourself and don't ever plan to play the game, but want to know what we're talking about, I have been streaming my playthrough so far. Unfortunately, the VOD for my first stream died because it was my first time streaming ever. And I didn't realize that Twitch requires you to like toggle such a weird saving thing. VODs automatically. So that one's gone. But uh <laughs> What you can see is uh, my stream of the Archangel mission. That is, it's uh, twitch.tv slash O'Kings. So yeah, show notes for that. Yeah, I I think I'm going to keep doing that for um, most, if not all of the game. There might be situations where there's a mission coming where I'm like, I kind of want to save what Mm -hmm. decision I made for this one. Um, But otherwise, yeah, could be a fun way for people to follow along if they haven't played and don't plan on playing someday. Yeah. yeah. Uh and also I think uh worth noting I don't have any intentions of like big spoilers for Mass Effect 1 coming up but we are in Mass Effect 2 so they right. probably will crop up so if you haven't finished Mass Effect 1 you should probably do that before we hop in with here. Um Correct. So yeah. Any other disclaimers? <laughs> no, I think we're ready Great. to go. Let's go. Um, my first note here is just what a fucking opening. Holy yeah. shit. So yeah. so coming into Mass Effect 2, I knew because of the McElroy Brothers uh, uh, oh, yeah. Monster Factory video, <laughs> I know that you start off Mass Effect 2 by recreating your shepherd. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know the event that happened that oh. led to your shepherd being fucking vaporized or whatever. <laughs> and I didn't know anything about the like, you know, who or what the reconstruction Mm -hmm. process was um so to start off the game like in the normandy i was like immediately like oh oh fuck yeah something is about to happen it was uh not what i expected (laughs) i guess Mm -hmm. i don't know what i expected but it wasn't just like a random rock ship shooting big laser and destroying the normandy in three hits like Mm -hmm. fuck yeah yeah Yeah. it is it's a an explosive uh, no pun intended nice opening <laughs> um, nice. yeah they just it, immediately i can't imagine i said this when i was streaming it but i can't imagine um have like being someone who played mass effect one or like i'm so excited to have adventures <laughs> with shepherd again and yeah. immediately being like shepherd's fucking dead that yeah. is yeah. like it's such a bold move but it, i think it really pays off um yeah, I and think so. i think that a lot of this game, I remember when I first played it, just being really struck by how like jarring it is and how much it feels like, oh, holy shit. Like I I have been just like completely pulled out of my little comfort zone. Yeah. In, in this universe. Yeah. Um, And that we'll talk about that more in future episodes as things sure. go down. Um. But yeah, it's like you're with this completely new crew, a completely new organization. Mm -hmm. I hesitated there because it's not it's not completely new. If um, if you're paying attention in Mass Effect one and realize that like Cerberus has come up before. Yeah, I I didn't. And so I looked it up and and yeah, I hadn't either. But um, like when I first played, I I Mm -hmm. wasn't really aware of what they were. But the the game does a good job of sort of telling you (laughs) if you're not familiar. But yeah, the whole thing is very jarring and very much like we are completely resetting expectations. And I think that's such a 
smart thing to do for a sequel to just kind of make sure that this is not going to be more of the same. I mean, it is in many ways, like it's more of the things that you love, but it's resetting things in such a way that it's going to be an interesting and fresh story. Yeah, um, I am. Um, it good. It good. I'm, I'm hesitant to make this comparison, but it's almost like starting the game off with the scene where Sovereign connects to the Citadel. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that level of like, oh, fuck. Like mm-hmm. everything I thought that I knew is like not anything and we are we are at square one right uh in terms of like what i know about the world mm-hmm. yeah so so that happens the ship gets destroyed i think playing as shepherd in that moment of like having to go save joker yeah is awesome yeah i i i saved the video clip of your you're running up from the lower decks and you get mm-hmm. into the um you know the the main the main deck i don't know where yeah. there is a hull breach so mm-hmm. you are just fully in space and going from the like alarms are going off red lights like loud sounds you open the door into the main deck and it is completely silent yeah and it is like it oh man mm-hmm. it's incredible i love that moment i've watched that scene <laughs> over it's, and over again in my in the clip i saved it's incredible it is an incredible i i am obsessed with that that scene it is yeah. and like for those who haven't seen it it's like you step out you see the entire like roof of the normandy in that mm-hmm. area is gone in the um sort of like central area where uh the the map is the galaxy map where you like go and like pick your little mm-hmm. so you're in there all the time <laughs> um in mass effect one yeah the roof is gone you can see a planet like a big ass planet yeah which is like it's beautiful but like terrifying like existentially terrifying yeah there is like debris and like chairs and shit just like because you know like floating around Mm -hmm. because there's zero gravity here now it's just it's such a sick opening like it Mm -hmm. has the same impact as the moment in mass effect one where you like step off of the elevator like exactly you know walking like horizontally on the vertical surface of the citadel tower (laughs) like it is just so good it's so good really really amazing start they Um, they really know how to create good set pieces like that mm -hmm. um and i should i guess we should like walk through like you know we see this happen shepherd and the normandy have been sent by the council to wipe out the last of the like geth resistance Mm -hmm. so they're like in the far reaches of space doing that um as we find out sort of as we go the also sorry for the ringo chewing sounds if you can hear them um (laughs) as we find out as we go that the council has really wanted to sweep everything with the reapers under the rug because it's like such an existentially terrifying threat that like nobody wants to deal with it it's like Mm -hmm. too much to process Mm -hmm. remember how we talked Mm -hmm. about climate change this game is a climate change allegory (laughs) i do i do it is extremely like i i have been thinking about that a lot and it really is so fucking good yeah so anyway uh (laughs) does that mean does that mean the elusive man's an eco-terrorist maybe are we doing this for good reason maybe um well we'll see uh (laughs) so uh yeah, that's sort of like the stage and and Shepard has been sent to like fight Geth. And there's a sense that like this is a very almost insultingly small assignment for Shepard at this point. Like somebody right. else could go and get these Geth. Like we have a bigger we have bigger fish to fry. But like 
we're all just sort of pretending that Saren and the Geth were like this one-off event and the Reapers aren't real. And so, you know, that's what Shepard is being sent to do. And that is the context in which, you know, that's what we're doing when the Normandy is hit with this attack from a mysterious Mm ship um, that we know is not Geth because uh, Joker says it right before they uh, hit yeah. The Normandy. Did you have uh did you have a little scene at the beginning with uh one of the former squad mates when it's like Shepard is is below deck uh trying to put out fires and someone comes to them and is like, Oh, you know, like we've been hit and you're like, evacuate and get out of here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had mm-hmm. yeah, I had a scene with uh with Liara. Okay. That's right. Mine, yes, mine was with Ashley. That. Yeah. So yeah, they they evacuate the ship. Joker refuses to evacuate because he loves the Normandy so much. And so <laughs> Shepard is like, I will go. There's an unfortunate line if you pick the Paragon uh, voice option there um, where Shepard uses a, an ableist slur that Ouch. I will not repeat. Um, very unfortunate. Shame on you, Bioware. But anyway, cool. Shepard goes, uh, you get that amazing scene on, you know, on the deck with the whole breach. Uh, and then you go into the cockpit, grab Joker and try to evacuate him. And as Shepard is evacuating him, the mysterious ship turns around and hits Normandy <laughs> once again. And Joker manages to, you know, get out in an escape pod. But Shepard does not. And yeah. that <laughs> we we see see like Shepard is like sort of blown away from the ship as as the ship explodes and their suit starts to have like leaks i guess yeah like like whatever the o2 tubes or whatever pop off oh it's brutal dude and yeah so we basically watch shepherd suffocate suffocate it's fucking horrifying it is horrifying like flailing and like Mm -hmm. grabbing at the back of the helmet and shit and then just like ceasing movement it's fucking horrifying it's really really horrifying and and then the camera pans away and it's like mass effect do fuck you um (laughs) as as shepherd gets taken into the atmosphere and (laughs) what i thought vaporized but i guess not no i think i uh, i think the idea is that their body because like there's a there's a whole and it might be dlc i don't remember but there is a Mm. whole mission where um that planet that you see that is like where a lot of debris from this event ends up and i think it's implied that that is where shepherd ends up too when a mysterious organization called Cerberus uh, picks up their body and yeah. starts a two-year project to bring them back to life. Who boy? Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's like you know a few a few scenes here of like Shepard waking up and seeing these you know mysterious people and then be like, no, you're not ready to get up. Go back to sleep. Um, and then <laughs> the next scene is like, all right, get up, please get up for the love of God, get up. <laughs> um, because the uh, you find out the security bots have started malfunctioning uh or have been hacked in some Mm -hmm. way or something uh and so they're like get up grab a gun grab your armor reload your gun you know it's it's the tutorial level and uh you know you go shooting some stuff but before that you get to the the character creation where you can import your previous shepherd and choose their class and stuff Mm -hmm. i have kept gortney's name and appearance um she looks great i'm a huge fan of the up res so jealous and then uh, let me actually just send it to you so you can see it and then for her class i changed her to an adept oh okay uh, so a lot of use of biotics mm-hmm. and stuff which i'm having great fun with yeah uh, that's currently. actually biotics 
and tech become really, really important in, I mean, tech was always pretty important, Yeah. but I feel like both of those become very, oh my God, she does look really good. See, Jin, Jin looks a little bit busted. Unfortunately, (laughs) I, I kept everything with Jin the same, except he's now an infiltrator, uh, following that sort of, uh, ghost of Tsushima fall from right. grace right you know samurai versus ninja thing that he has going on um very silly and also <laughs> infiltrator is just my favorite class so mm. i have vested interest in it um Jin looks okay but <laughs> for some reason in some lighting he simply has no eyebrows like his eyebrows are so light that in some lighting they just don't appear mm. so i thought about restarting just to fix his eyebrows and then i didn't yeah. do it so he's just gonna look a little busted here <laughs> um it's okay he's going through uh his rebellious phase so he doesn't need eyebrows there you um go. <laughs> what i don't know okay um (laughs) he's rebelling against uh not only the norms of uh like combat and being a soldier and stuff but also the beauty norms of Uh, our society sure yeah there you go um yeah so uh you fight your way through some stuff you're getting comms messages i said walkie talkie messages (laughs) you're getting comms messages from uh, a woman named miranda Mm -hmm. that's an australian i think accent aussie or new zealand i'm not sure i'm sure uh rufus will yell at us about it later yes please rufus rufus and pickle light us up and then you meet a man uh named jacob and you are under fire and can just ask him so many questions while you're getting shot at, which I think is so, it's, it's such a Mass Effect thing to be like, wait, tell me about, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, really funny. I know that we're being fired upon by mechs right now, but I have a dialogue tree to get through. <laughs> so you meet him and he basically tells you that it's been two years since your body was recovered off of the planet uh, and you have been subjected to an experimental thing called the Mm -hmm. Lazarus Project, which has basically rebuilt uh, Shepard's body from the ground up. You get this like really silly cut scene of like a really shriveled up heart and like a, you know, whatever. And then it transitions to like a fully beating heart and stuff. (laughs) It's like, okay, cool, great. It's very funny, but it is funny. Yeah. So, so that you basically learn that, that Jacob works for Cerberus and that Cerberus has been doing a Lazarus Project to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jacob is former alliance. Yes. Yes. Learn more about later. Uh he also tells you that you can ask about like the the crew and he basically says the whole crew is scattered to the wind. Um Presley died, rest in peace to navigator Presley. Uh, also a couple other uh, people who worked on the ship, but mostly everybody got away and it has been two years. So now they're all kind of doing their own thing. So then you run ahead and you rescue a man named Wilson, who is voiced by Steve Bloom, prolific voice actor, Steve Bloom. He does Spike in Cowboy Bebop and like a thousand other voices uh, for a bunch of different anime and video games and cartoons. Uh, so he's a big guy. So when this next scene happens, I was extremely surprised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you rescue him, you know, uh, you basically get introduced to like how to use squad powers and stuff. And then uh, <laughs> they tell you about the elusive man and Cerberus kind of as a whole, uh, Wilson and, and Jacob do. And they're basically, they're not, oh God, what did they say? They're not human extremists or something. They're like supremacists. Yeah. Not human supremacists. They're human. Uh, uh, oh God. What was the word? It's something about like wanting to advance humanity and not yeah. thinking that humans are better than everybody else. They're like, those aren't mutually exclusive ideas. I'm like, okay, interesting. Uh, and they tell you about a guy named the elusive man, uh, who in, if you read the codex, he basically released this huge manifesto <laughs> of, of like human supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty human uh, advancement. Yeah. Human advancement. Sure. Sorry. Um, 
Yeah. And so he's just like this mysterious guy voiced by uh, Martin Sheen, which was wild. Insane. <laughs> Martin Sheen, not like this so easily could have been just like a paycheck for Martin Sheen. Like, yeah, I'll do a video game, whatever. He's fucking earning that paycheck. It, he is acting his ass off and it's incredible. Yeah. It's it's really good. So you learn a little bit about, about the elusive man. And then when you uh, Wilson tells you like, oh, I think Miranda probably hacked them. It definitely wasn't me. Yeah. Just trying to point <laughs> the like, finger at Miranda. Sure, dude. Definitely. And Shepard's like, Miranda's been helping me yeah. escape. But OK. Yeah. Uh, so then you get to where you're going and uh, Wilson opens the door and immediately gets shot in the face by Miranda, <laughs> um, which really, really surprised me because, like I said, Steve Bloom is this like huge voice actor. Mm. um so i was expecting him to like be a character in this game uh so that was like another kind of uh, uh like opening scene like <gasps> for me mm. because it was just very surprising and you know the game's keeping me on my toes so you meet you meet miranda they take you up and she's like all right we're gonna go meet the elusive man let me ask you some questions fun fact about the game okay this is a if you want to like choose what happened in the last one but you didn't oh. import a save this is how you do it um B, I think, if I recall correctly, in early versions of the game, because your your save data is like the save state right before the final battle, it didn't actually save all of the things that happened, uh, like with, you know, who you chose for the Whoa, alliance and like whatever. So, so that's why they put this. In. I, I could be wrong, but I remember reading this somewhere that this is why they included this sure. here is so that you <laughs> you can tell the game what happened. Wow, that's so uh, and funny. That they can use that as like the state of the world when you start. I could be wrong about that, but that's, I remember reading that somewhere. That's really interesting. I love game design workarounds. They're so, they're so fun. Yeah, that's um, So then uh, you arrive at a place um, mm -hmm. and... Yeah, I think it's uh, just like a random server space. Yeah, it's just some sort of base um, and you're introduced to the fucking wardrobe thing. Oh my uh, God. Where you can customize your casual wear and the appearance of your armor and whether you're wearing a helmet or not. Sick. Great. As you, Great. And you get more armor throughout the game that yeah. you can switch in, which like they have different like bonuses too. But um, I don't care about that shit. I just want to look cute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I put on the like cool sneaky helmet thing. Mm -hmm. But she just keeps it on all the time. Yeah. And it felt really weird for me not to be able to see Gortney's faces in cutscenes. Yeah, I wish they had the thing where you can toggle your helmet yeah, off yeah, and like yeah. still get the benefit of wearing it. But yeah, so there are some very interesting outfits uh, in <laughs> in the casual wear. The casual wear is like what you wear around the Normandy. Yeah. Um, and there are some really interesting outfits. Uh, I decided that because Jin is in his rebellious phase, I put him in just the most ridiculous outfit that i could find um which is this like it's an outfit you sometimes see like npcs wearing which is like i i couldn't even describe it to you it's like weird cyberpunk factory worker yes the overalls <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like for the men's version it is not overalls exactly but oh. it's like these puffy like cargo pants tucked into boots this like wild vest over 
and, and has like like all kinds of compartments and like weird padding for some reason Christ. everywhere on the vest. Wow. Um, and a big belt that looks like a wrestling belt, but has like a million little compartments oh for like snacks and shit. And the shirt that you're wearing underneath is like pinstripe for some reason. And then the wildest part is you're wearing these like bracers, but on the back, it's like a solid bracer. And then on the on the front of the forearm, it's just many little straps. So it looks like you're wearing uh, four belts on each arm. It's wow. It is remarkable. I wow. spent and this is actually saved in the VOD. Uh, we did sort of a deep dive of let's look at let's just like look at this out for from head to toe and try to figure out what the fuck is going on here. It's just it's unparsable. I love that. But yeah, so I decided that this is Jin is like trying to figure out who he is. Now sure. that he's no longer like the perfect Paragon soldier. Right, and he's right. like, I have to dress like this, apparently, <laughs> to express my rebellious nature. Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I have Gortney in the like hoodie kind of like jogger combo. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's that a one. sick. That is a sick look. I would wear that. And then the final option for Gortney is mm-hmm. just like a full like dress that you would wear con it looks like leather yeah clubbing dress yeah you know what you know what uh m shep gets what's a pair of jeans and a cool leather jacket what the fuck i know i i would i would kill for the leather jacket for f shep but no we gotta have her and she wears heels with this outfit too so you could just be (laughs) walking around what the fuck you could just be walking around I love the that Normandy vibe though, in a of clubbing like, dress and heels. Oh my god, man! Holy it is a vibe. Shit. It is a vibe for sure. But geez, I can I can smell the misogyny. Um, mm-hmm. Christ, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so I, I chose. Uh, I, I think I made the armor like a greenish kind of thing. That's kind of what I mm-hmm. ended up wearing at the end of Mass Effect One, and then uh, and then I chose the the hoodie and the joggers. But wild. Uh, so then you head down to talk to the elusive man, who I have decided I mm-hmm. would like to call tim for the elusive man oh that's very good i love that (laughs) you go down and you meet tim voiced by martin sheen uh (laughs) and you go and you stand on this i I love this fake out you go stand on a platform Mm -hmm. that like looks like an elevator and then nothing happens for a couple seconds and then all of a sudden there's like this like digital grid or whatever that shows up Mm -hmm. and like your body is scanned and then we cut to tim's lair where (laughs) shepherd is just like downloaded in as a hologram i thought that shit was so good i thought that was a great fake out um shepherd's like oh i thought we were meeting and tim's like no no no, this is how i meet people because it's like a liability thing yeah Um, which i think is awesome i think it's great his Mm -hmm. whole we gotta talk about his office (laughs) thing is awesome he's like he's got this wild office with a huge window behind him to like a sun or something yeah like a dying star yeah he's got he's got himself these like cybernetic blue eyes um Mm -hmm. he is sitting in you know some sort of futuristic herman miller fucked up nine thousand dollar chair um (laughs) and my man is just chain smoking cigarettes (laughs) just chain smoking them um, yeah, a, a story that I've heard this from from Stephen Hilger, which I uh, assume he is a reliable source for Mass sure. Effect trivia, uh, that apparently Martin Sheen used like a pen in when he was recording was like sucking on a pen as a, 
<laughs> to like simulate the, the nice. idea of smoking yeah. just to like really get in character i That's think awesome. is so fantastic that's awesome. There is a moment where like they like zoom in on his mouth as he like exhales from a, a, mm-hmm. a you know, a draw or whatever. And it's just really funny <laughs> because like you can't really record somebody blowing air without it sounding like they're just blowing air. Yeah. So just, just like <laughs> it's just really, really funny. Uh, so, yeah, that's I, I think that's everything in the office. I would, is there anything else that I missed or? No, that's it. It's just it's a, what I love about awesome. it, too, is like. You, I suppose you could theoretically, if you met with him, try and figure out where that office is. If you, well, maybe sure. you can't see it. Maybe you can only see the hologram of him. Right. But uh, yeah, it's extremely cool. It's really good. Um, so then you talk to Tim and he tells you like, you know, he basically says what, what Kim was saying in the beginning of like the council or, or the, the, the Citadel has basically said like, the Reaper's not a big deal. It's fine. It was just a one-off thing. And, yeah, and once, they, once, ooh, yeah. they just say it's a, it's just like a myth that Saren used to like control the Geth. Yeah. Uh, and so he says that like that only got amplified when Shepard died because there was like no further evidence of this, mm-hmm. this stuff. Like nobody else was really a first, a firsthand experience of this stuff um, that the humans would trust. And so that also resulted in Anderson's role as the head of the council for, for me, um, mm-hmm. he got, he got, uh, not demoted, but basically like people stopped listening to him, uh, of all right. the stuff that he was saying about the Reapers and stuff because Shepard wasn't there to back him up. Yeah. And I think Anderson like chooses to step down cause mm. probably a, he's not being taken seriously and B mm-hmm. he's like, I am not a politician. This is not for me. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then describes something that's pretty horrifying uh mm-hmm. that the reapers are well uh, allegedly the reapers i guess we think the reapers are connected yeah. yeah are harvesting entire human colonies uh like human colonies are just fully going missing and uh, the elusive man thinks it's kind of like a retaliatory thing for shepherd mm-hmm. killing sovereign that they are they are taking all of the humans and doing question mark question mark question mark mm-hmm. to them the alliance is just like nah it's pirates <laughs> Just like a crazy thing to say. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I I was really fascinated by this, which I I have never really paid attention to it before. But he says something about how the alliance is busy quote building relations Mm. instead of focusing on this threat, which is so interesting when you think about the fact that like oh the alliance is like not just a military organization; it's also a political organization. And like how do I don't know? I I feel like there could be some really fascinating deep dives into sure. how it impacts, you know, like what the Alliance does and what the interests are within it, considering that it is both a military body and a political body. It's mm-hmm. just super yeah. mm, a crunchy little nugget that I wish uh, I could get more of. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of the whole thing. And then, you know, and then Tim is like, Hey, will you go to this colony and see what's up? They were, they were just, they they have just been raptured so could you please go like <laughs> investigate and so then uh you do mm-hmm. and on your way out you can talk to miranda i didn't take notes on that conversation she just kind of talks about like how the elusive man is like cool yeah <laughs> like, um i think this might also be no i guess this isn't where you find out like miranda's whole deal um no it's not but yeah it's like you try you try to get to know miranda more here and she basically gives you the i'm not here to make friends um she's kind of like we have business to do i like do not want to like get to know you 
Yeah. Um, I, I do think one thing that we didn't mention is like, uh, that gets reiterated a lot is um, the elusive man wanted to bring back Shepard as close as they could to like Shepard's actual personality and convictions yeah. and whatever, because in their minds, it's like, we need you to be exactly who you were because you were an icon and a leader. And like, mm -hmm. you know, we need you to be this like to legitimize us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if you talk to Jacob, he's a little more forthcoming um, and he's like, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to earn your trust or whatever. Um, and explains that he was former Alliance. He was a Corsair, which um, was apparently uh, Shep's like, I've never heard of that before. Mm. And they're basically like the way he describes them. They sound like specters, essentially, but for the Alliance. Oh. Um and but Jacob is like, even, even with that, it was still too much red tape for me. And I wanted to make more of a difference. So that's why I'm with Cerberus now. So then you head off to the planet uh, or the, the colony of Freedom's Progress. Mm -hmm. um, cool name. Yeah. Uh, and on the planet... There are malfunctioning robots again. Mm -hmm. And you're like, why are the robots malfunctioning? There shouldn't be anybody here. They should recognize us as humans. Uh, and then a little bit, a couple, a couple spaces later, you run into Tali. Our yes. sweet, our sweet, sweet Tali. Our girl. Um, yeah. Uh, as she is with uh, a, a few other. Oh, God. What is. Quarians. Her? Quarians. I almost said Protheans. Um, <laughs> Praza is mean was the note that I took on Praza. That's true. Uh, <laughs> and they are looking for one of their own, uh, Vitor, uh, mm -hmm. who had come to kind of do what we were doing uh, and just like see what was up with the colony. But he. So he was doing his pilgrimage at Freedom's Progress when this, oh, when this attack oh. came. So they're like, we got to see if our boy is here. Sorry, I didn't mean to lie. My bad. You're fine. <laughs> a lot of details. Yeah. Yeah. There's also there's a lot of distrust here. Praza is mean because um, and I think we learn more about this later, but just as like background, Cerberus and the Quarians do not have a good relationship. Cerberus right. basically from the Quarians perspective um, uh, attacked the the flotilla. Yeah. I don't remember like what the Cerberus justification for that was. Like they have some, you know, well, we were doing it for this reason, but um, yeah, like a, a lot of people think of Cerberus as terrorists and yeah. it's very personal for the Quarians. So yeah. that is why they're like, what the fuck? And even Tali's like, you're with Cerberus now. What <laughs> you, a, you're alive and B you're with Cerberus. What the fuck? Uh, I, I wrote here, Tal Tali's being a little leader. Uh, she which is, is. Just so awesome for it's her. It's really cool, yeah. So then you run ahead, or, or they run ahead, you kind of split up, um, mm -hmm. and <laughs> shortly after, you start getting comms messages from Tali that's like, uh, uh, Praza has run ahead, and uh, yeah. I can't do anything about it. And then we get a cutscene of a giant mech showing up and absolutely decimating like four yeah. or five quarians, including Praza, and, and Tali's like, man, that sucked. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to stay here and heal up the rest of my people. Um, but Vitor should be, should be just ahead. And, and in that conversation you have with her, the, the, the first conversation you have with her, she explains that like, you know, he was here on the pilgrimage and then whatever happened, uh, mm -hmm. to the humans here, um, happened. And then he kind of like, due to various mechanical malfunctions and also just like, 
trauma from seeing whatever has happened here um like set the uh uh all of the the security bots to like mm-hmm. attack anything that moved that wasn't him um so he's just like posted up in the security outpost or whatever sending out these robots uh and so you head into the outpost and vitor is there like muttering to himself like they they won't find me the the small beasts or whatever can't find mm-hmm. me they won't you know blah 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 and uh i don't know what route you went with this <laughs> but my shepherd was like you're good like nobody is nobody's gonna get you like you're safe it's fine and then this game introduces something very cool mm-hmm. uh in the like mid cut scene they're not quite quick time uh they, events, they are yeah but they are. like you can miss them if you're not fast enough yeah um but it's just like hit l to do the uh, paragon thing or hit r to do the renegade thing and uh my my uh uh paragon thing was to just like turn off all the monitors <laughs> so that vitor like turned around and was like how did and he turns around and sees that you're human and he's like how did you make it here like what happened how did you avoid the 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 creatures uh and you're like no we we didn't we just got here and then uh he explains to you that he has like recompiled the security footage and and shows you these creatures putting humans into pods uh and there's bugs flying around all over the place it's it's a wild thing uh so basically there are these creatures called the collectors that just go around and collect people uh and they show up first with these like tiny robots that look like bugs that have some sort of like uh neurotoxin in it or something that will basically like freeze a person paralyze a person and then they are able to put them in these in these pods and, and ship them away, uh, and that is what happened here at Freedom's Progress. Yeah, that's I think I think that's basically it, right? And then Tali shows up, and and you're like, all right, you you could go. Um, there is well, an option to say like, Tali, do you want to join us? Uh, which I did not choose. Yeah, well, there's a so there's a few choices here. So first of all, Jin did not uh, do the Paragon things with Vitor. Jin sure. did the Renegade things because sure. Jin is having a moment and. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so you were a first you're given the choice to um, Tali's like, let me like take Vitor home like he needs to be like with us and like needs to get some care and, you know, some R&R for Vitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you you know, I think it's like Jacob or Miranda's like, no, we need to take him with us because he is the only witness to what happened mm-hmm. here and we need to know whatever. And so you get the choice of being like, Tali, we, you know we're going to take him or like, okay, just send him with Tali and we'll take like his Omni tool data. Mm-hmm. So I chose, here's the thing with Jin. I'm making mostly <laughs> renegade options, except right. I think that Jin still trusts his old team. Like that is like the last sort of like bit of For trust sure. that he has. He does not trust the new team quite like that. Um, so he is, I, I ended up giving Vitor to Tali because I just can't be mean to Tali. Um, <laughs> it would break my heart. Um, mm-hmm. But we get his Omnitool data. And also I saw, um, I went back and watched a bit of a playthrough just to like see if there was anything I was missing for uh, talking about it on the podcast purposes. And um, if you do the renegade thing and be like, no, we're taking Vitor. The moment you have your little debrief with the elusive man, they're like, Vitor like couldn't really tell us anything because he's too traumatized. So we sent him back to the Quarians. So like, that decision doesn't even really matter. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of the option that you're given. And yeah, you can ask 
Tali to come with you. And she's like, no, you're with Cerberus <laughs> and that's weird to me. And anyway, I have my own job that I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, this is, you get the first of, at the end of every mission, you get like a mission complete screen of like mm-hmm. a, a summary of all the stuff that you gained, like levels or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. And you might get one after the prologue as well, but I don't, I don't know if I clocked it. Very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. And and I think this brings me now, I want to talk about um, the UI a bit in this game mm-hmm. uh, because there are some choices made. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing I, I kind of like, I mean, I, I'm sure I'll like it later in the game uh, at the very bottom center of the screen, you get two headshots of whoever's on your squad currently, mm-hmm. which I think will be helpful because when you check the squad screen, there's like nine possible people you could have yeah. on your squad, which is a wild amount. Yeah, it's a big squad. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that I absolutely despise is anytime you pick up anything or like if you talk to a person and something gets added to the codex or they, like they give you a side mission or whatever, it pops up this like it takes up too much of the screen <laughs> and it's like a graphic and then like codec entry unlocked and then like the beginning of the codec entry and it stays there for like it's it's a few seconds i think yeah and then it because. like it cycles through all of them and the mm-hmm. fa- <laughs> i don't know if, if you, you pick noticed- up a bunch of things at once you're gonna yeah. be seeing that thing on your screen for a while yeah for like a full two minutes of just like random things like you got a thousand credits you mm-hmm. got a new codec entry like what are we doing um <laughs> and it's like the game knows that there's a lot because they like cascade the windows every time you can like see how many you have left mm-hmm. like behind the one that you're currently looking at it's it's a lot and it's like <laughs> i guess it's helpful to like remind players that the codex exists and that like the journal is there if you need help with missions and stuff mm-hmm. like sure but man i wish i could turn that off man i wish <laughs> i could turn that off uh because it is just so obstructive i, I hate it <laughs> i hate it a lot <laughs> so yeah anyway that's so you get you get your mission complete screen which i think is it's just it's just fun it's just the elusive man sitting looking at the sun it's awesome mm-hmm. so then we head back and, uh, you, you know, you kind of debrief with the elusive man and, and tell him all this stuff. And he's basically like, all right, well, we're going to set you up with a new ship and a new crew. Uh, here's a, a, a list of a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just some details about because this really sets up like what is happening in the whole game. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to gloss over it. too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, so you, you learn a little bit more about the collectors, which is that um, they live beyond the Omega 4 relay. Mm. And that is a relay that no non-collector ship has ever come back from so it's believed that like they are able to to like manipulate the relay so that it basically like deactivates any ship that isn't a collector ship which a that is a very like technologically advanced thing to be able to do collectors have very advanced tech and the elusive man believes that that is because they're connected to the reapers in some Mm. way um, so the, the, what collectors do basically is they come into the turbine systems occasionally to gather what he s- says is quote, seemingly unimportant items. And they like, I guess, barter in exchange for their tech. Um, often what they collect are specimens with genetic mutations or abnormalities. And, but like, nobody really knows like what it is that they're doing. And this is the first time that they've ever on like a huge scale started just like mass harvesting an entire species Mm. um so the plan is to go behind the omega you know go through the omega-4 relay and try to you know attack them back and and get back all of these people you know if they're still alive 
which is for all intents and purposes because of how the Omega four relay works, a suicide mission. Mm -hmm. So this entire game is you preparing for that suicide mission and collecting your squad for that mission. Cool. Thank you. I I, I did. I did miss some of that in the moment as well. Okay. So, okay. That makes sense. So then he tells you like, all right, I have a list of people, you know, the best of the best, et cetera. Um, you're going to have to go recruit them and then I'll, I'll give you a ship and stuff. Um, and you can be like, well, I already have a crew, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go get them. And he's like, no, your crew is like off. You know, they've, they've been scattered to the winds. They're all doing uh, uh, various, various yeah. things. Did you ask him about each person? Yes. And I think it's so funny. Every single time you ask, she's like, where's Garrus Vicarian? Mm-hmm. Where's Tali? Yeah. Where's Liara? Um, <laughs> so just to... I I think that this is all interesting and it all sort of comes home to roost. So I just want to go through Ashley is still with the Alliance or Caden. If you have Caden, they've been promoted, but the information about like what they're doing is highly classified. So we don't really know. Rex is on to Chanka trying to unite the Krogan clans. Tali, uh, when you ask about Tali or like she helped us in, you know, on Freedom's Progress, maybe she'll help us here. And he's like, I need to get more info more intel about that before i can agree to it garris fucking disappeared a few months after shepherd died nobody knows where he is Mm -hmm. liara is on ilium working for the shadow broker who uh if you do not recall from mass effect one is uh basically an information broker who you know has everybody's secrets and and trades them for money and more secrets i guess yes yeah good stuff really good stuff upset about my my friends um but so you get this is where the uh the aforementioned dossiers unlock and you can look at your squad screen and see nine Mm -hmm. of them yeah uh, or something i don't know if it's exactly nine but i think i think it's it's close to nine and i think this is actually a really cool thing it's like you know information about all these people and you can like read read their dossier Mm -hmm. but you know it doesn't you don't know who they are they're just some are code names with a real name but some of them are just code names like archangel which we will get Mm -hmm. to so that's it's fun. I like it. I like that the um, MacGuffins that you're searching for in this game are mm-hmm. like teammates. I think that's fun. Yeah. I think that's a fun little twist. Uh, and basically you need each of these people because they are specialized in one area of, you know, combat or war or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so, for example, Morden Solis uh, is the scientist and he, you know, he's Solarian. And I believe they say he worked on the genophage or something yeah he was in special tasks group and we will learn more about Morton's genophage work as we go yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah but the reason why uh they specifically call out morden at the beginning because they're like we should get him pretty soon because we think he might be able to help us fight the collectors specifically by um so those little swarms of things that that paralyze people they're like we need something that will protect us from that in situations where we're going head to head with the collectors so hopefully morden can help with that yeah uh so then you are introduced to the pilot of your new ship Mm -hmm. and you come out of your your hologram elevator thing and Joker's there, baby. He's there. He's it's cracking Joker. jokes. He's walking around. Great. So then, you know, he, he walks to the ship and he's like, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was kind of like fucked off from the Alliance. 
mm-hmm. uh, after you died because he wanted to fly a better ship or something. Is that what it was? So, so he he sort of like gives you like the here's what happened in the last two years since you were gone. Um, yeah. The council wanted to sweep everything under the rug, so they broke up the team. They sealed all the records, and Joker was grounded. And so ah. he joined Cerberus because he just wanted to fly again. Yeah. Also, Cerberus has hooked him up with these like cool like leg braces, so he's able to like walk around on his own oh. in a way that was like not as easy for him i think in mass effect one or at least we only we only ever see joker i think like at at the cockpit yeah um in mass effect one oh interesting i didn't i didn't clock the bracers yeah um so (laughs) there's also this great moment where if you ask joker if he trusts the elusive man or i think Shepard just does he goes I don't trust anyone who makes more than I do, <laughs> but you know, they're giving me a ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is revealed that Cerberus essentially rebuilt the Normandy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, it's instead of the SR one, it's now the SR two. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this great scene of like it in the hangar and all of the lights pop on one yeah. by one. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah, it's a really cool moment to be like, okay, like I do have my, my ship back, uh, mm-hmm. but it's like even more cool and advanced now. Yeah. The Normandy is great in this one. It's a lot. Um, there's a lot more to do and see, and you will, as you unlock more squad mates, yeah, there are more parts of the ship that unlock, which is very cool. So we uh, we hop into the ship in our casual, our chosen casual look. <laughs> so I'm walking around in a, a hoodie and, and joggers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you are basically like, hey, look, you're welcome to the Normandy. Also, there's an AI on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> which is like immediately bad news. And Joker and uh, uh, Shepard are like, this is kind of fucked up mm-hmm. and I don't really feel comfortable with this. And uh, its name is Edie, uh, yes. E-D-I. And it's, you know, just tells you like, I have minor control over XYZ thing. You know, she's like, don't worry, I'm not going to go... <laughs> crazy and take your mind over (laughs) anything don't worry about it uh and then you can ask you can ask her all these questions uh and anytime you get like near the elusive man or like specific cerberus stuff it just like turns red and it's like i can't answer that right now (laughs) like okay (laughs) cool and this is when i took note of the uh all the text boxes that pop up Mm -hmm. Uh, someone must have complained that there weren't enough text boxes in mass effect (laughs) one because they really have outdone themselves (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of boxes. It's a lot of boxes. So, you, you know, they're like, you know, walk around, introduce yourself, uh, get acquainted with all the, the people on board. And the first person I talked to was Kelly Chambers. Oh, yes. Kelly uh, Chambers. I don't uh, know why, but that is how uh, they say Kelly Chambers name on. Uh, Podtimism. Uh, Ch- oh. Chase and David say that. I don't know why. Um but it's extremely funny to me. Really and now good. anytime I see her, I'm like, Kelly Chambers. <laughs> she's uh, great. I, I, I'm a big fan. She's basically just like your, your personal assistant and also mm-hmm. the ship psychologist. It's uh, so funny. Which I think rules. Yeah. I think that's really great. <laughs> when I, when I streamed this, I had a conversation with Kelly Chambers mm. where, because Jin is kind of being a dick right now, I she was like oh like you know she like tried to ask him a bunch of questions about himself Mm. um and he's like let's keep it professional um (laughs) but then uh you get the option to be like so tell me about yourself (laughs) and then or like oh I I want to talk more or whatever and then I immediately canceled out of it so she was like yeah what do you want to talk about I was like I have to go just like real creating a real toxic workplace for Kelly Chambers I actually I did that on accident as well and I think she actually I don't know if this is just like when you leave a conversation with her she's like oh okay I'll talk to you later 
yeah. or if that was like because I said I want to talk and then said <laughs> goodbye immediately, uh, which is very funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so I'm a big fan of Kelly Chambers. Anytime you come on the main deck, she's like, you have a new message or like mm-hmm. no new messages. <laughs> it's just like so fun. And uh, your messages are where you can get, you know, missions and side quests and the mm-hmm. DLC missions as well. Can we talk about um, your room? Yeah, we can talk about your room. I actually went from bottom to top, but yeah. Let's, oh, OK. Let's, yeah, no, we can, we can go. No, let's the start top. at the room. Let's start at the room. OK, because Shepard gets the gets like a captain's quarters mm-hmm. in this one, I guess, because this is like Cerberus and not the Alliance. It's like the captain's quarters are super nice. There are fish tanks. Yeah. If you ask Edie about it, uh, she's like, well, this is like, you know, this is an Alliance ship. So we we, we take into account personal taste as well yeah it's really good um so yeah you have like a little like computer room there's a bathroom yeah there's also just a little fun fact for you aj there are things that you can collect throughout this game um including like collectible model ships and when you buy them they end up in your in your cabin um there's like a cozy little bed there's like a a little like sitting area that has like a coffee table that always has two empty wine glasses on it my god really um yes (laughs) um and i think also um depending on who you romanced in the last game their photograph uh is on your desk what yeah i actually have to go and see if i I have uh ashley's in there but yeah that's good shit Uh, um yeah it is very good wow uh so yeah oh and you can go you can like change your clothes and the appearance yes, of your yes. um your armor in there too so i spent a lot of time in there yeah. putting on outfits um but yeah Great i fan. love i love the captain's chambers i don't know why i wish there were more stuff to do in there <laughs> yeah it is just kind of like there i, I mean I, I i like it as a you know a a, a a differentiating thing between like a military ship and you know this mm-hmm. like technical civilian ship you talk to yeah. joker and and you bring up the fact that this is like technically a civilian ship and he's like god what's he say he says something about like you know i could i could be wearing you know boxers or whatever and shepherd's like i'm surprised you're wearing pants at all <laughs> uh, which is really funny uh so yeah uh there are four decks in the ship that is the top deck is the captain's quarters i like i said i went from bottom to top and so mm-hmm. the bottom is like engineering and mm-hmm. you know your 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 drive and stuff your the engine did you say hello to ken and gabby i did say hello to kenneth Don- Do- kenneth donnelly and gabby daniels uh they rule they're so they're fun. so great i'm still deciding exactly how i am playing gortney right now because mm-hmm. at their first like they greeted and they have the option to be like i didn't hear like a like captain mm-hmm. on, on board or whatever and so i i chose that option and i'm not i'm still too. not sure if i'm feeling that i think gortney runs like a tight ship but also is like cool because like she'll walk around in a hoodie and stuff mm-hmm. so like she still expects at least some proper decorum but like isn't gonna like send you to to bed with no mess like for not mm-hmm. having an iron shirt or something you know um anyway <laughs> um, so ken and gabby are great i'm a i'm a big fan yeah they're um, like former alliance i i just love the story with them they're former alliance um apparently after uh shepherd died the alliance brass specifically udina shit talked him like a ton you know basically discredited him whatever um and ken came to his defense and got court martialed. yeah 
So then he got an offer from Cerberus because Cerberus was like, oh, you got court martialed. You should come here. Yeah. Uh, and apparently Ken and Gabby have been friends since uh, the like military academy. And so Gabby was like, if he was going, I made sure I got an offer, too. And yeah. so we're here together. I love the fact that it was Gabby being like, well, if you're going there, then yeah, they're you taking better get me, me as well. An offer. Like, it's, yeah. It wasn't him being like, oh, let me take my friend. Yeah. Very funny. Um, they're very cute they also they ask you to do like a little side quest to get them um some like part that they need for the ship that'll help them out a whole bunch yeah um, which i did get but i have not returned to them yet yeah um so then uh you know there's you you can see the engine and stuff and there are people down there the next deck is basically the the lower deck in uh uh the first game where it's mm-hmm. you know medical and stuff and people are eating uh lunch and whatnot there and you can talk to the the chef slash maintenance mm-hmm. slash janitor of the ship yeah uh, who is like yeah you know everybody has a job here but we're also kind of like you know cerberus is kind of understaffed so like there's all the people up top doing all of their stuff and i get whatever drops to the bottom <laughs> so yeah. he's like plumbing electricity like non-essential electricity and also uh lunch and stuff and he basically yeah. asks you to like uh, asks uh you to find better ingredients for as his side mission so uh i'm on that quest i guess to find better ingredients uh um, yeah his his name is uh gardener gardener yes and then if you go into the med bay chakwas is there Chakwes. uh the goat love her she's great she's so much fun it was basically the same thing that happened with like joker where she wasn't grounded Mm -hmm. but she was like sent to like work in a lab or something and she's like it was fine but like i need to be on a ship with like unpredictable circumstances and stuff like okay cool great uh she says it stinks though i lost everything on the original normandy uh including my like really vintage wine and shepherd's like i'll get you that wine and she's like no please don't worry about it and i'm like no i'll get it uh so that's also on my quest list uh to find the wine Make sure you do that, even even if you have to look up where to get it. Make sure you do that and make sure you bring it back to her because it's a great scene. Okay. That's all I'll say. Okay. On that. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, I forget if this is now where you can, like, have deeper conversations. Yes. With, yeah, with uh, Miranda and Jacob. Mm-hmm. And Miranda's on this level. She's in the office that in Mass Effect 1 was Anderson's and then becomes Shepard's. Mm-hmm. It's like an office slash quarters. It's very like weird. Yeah. But yeah, she's she's basically like, oh, when you try and and get to know her better, she finally opens up. And uh, the reason that she is the way that she is, is because Miranda uh, was a like basically a test tube baby who was created by a very like rich and powerful father to be his uh, successor. So she is genetically engineered to be very smart, very capable, very beautiful. Like everything, you know, about her has been like hand chosen Mm -hmm. and manipulated to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that is why she is the way that she is. And you can be like, Miranda, you kind of have like an ego. About yeah. this. It seems like she's like, I'm literally just stating facts about myself. I, I find Miranda very annoying. <laughs> um, I, I think Miranda's fine. Like I said, she's pretty intense uh, and a little bit of a control freak. Mm-hmm. But I wrote in my notes earlier another mean thing. I said Miranda mm-hmm. has a housewives level blowout at all yes! times. Her um, hair. Oh, my God. <clears throat> This is we talked about this a lot when I streamed it too. her hair is like it's so it's, it's like so tall 
you know, higher the hair, closer to heaven, I guess. Yes. But like, it's, it's just unnaturally big. Um, and the, I finally figured out what it is that it looks like. And I posted it in the Mass Effect channel of the Discord. But if anyone is familiar with the show Happy Endings, this was a sitcom that ran on ABC, I think, for like two, three seasons and was unceremoniously canceled. And it was actually pretty good. But there's a character in that uh, played by Casey Wilson. Her name is Penny Hearts, and she is basically uh, me. Um, I've never <laughs> identified more with a <laughs> with a character. But there's an episode where she has a concussion and she has to wear a helmet like all day every day for like i don't know a month or something and it just so happens that as she is like out searching for a cuter helmet than the one that she was given by the hospital that uh she meets this guy and he is like perfect and she is just like head over heels for him immediately and she's like he's asked me out on a date and i can't wear a helmet (laughs) on our date so she's trying to figure out what to do and one solution that she and her friends come up with is that they have a helmet that has like a wig uh, over the top of it so it looks like hair um but obviously you can imagine that does not look very natural that's what miranda's hair looks like yeah it 100 <laughs> it absolutely does i'm sorry and it's just it's so dark and she's so pale it's just so unnatural i don't know why the the voice actor and who they like modeled her after is yvonne strahovski who mm-hmm. is a blonde person mm-hmm. i don't know why they didn't just make her blonde yeah it would have looked I, so much more natural maybe they really wanted to differentiate her from ashley um like give her like super dark hair but but ashley was a brunette if they wanted to differentiate her from ashley they should have made her blonde i don't know man i don't know uh anyway so (laughs) it's just it really ruins the whole like she's so perfect thing because she looks ridiculous yeah i think Uh, but it does explain you know it's one of the very few games that i think does explain uh the lashes you know like she's got great lashes but because she was genetically modified that way to have great lashes i think it's great is crew quarters is also crew quarters is down there yeah is the medbank stuff yeah Um, which is interesting you can just like walk into crew quarters and there's people having a conversation about like he's talking about how he's he is with cerberus so that his niece or whatever will like have somewhere to live in in the galaxy which i thought was really sweet i guess yeah Um, but also interesting there's and also worth noting i guess there's just like a bunch of locked rooms around the ship that like Mm -hmm. kim said i guess will unlock with more crew members that you get so then uh again back on the main deck uh jacob Mm -hmm. is in the back uh in the weapons bay or whatever the armory yeah yeah and you get a message from the elusive man if if you read the messages like there's like an arc projector or something some sort of big weapon that we've put in the armory for you to check out just in case you want to see it and it's like this big electrical gun it's very cool i love Mm -hmm. using it um yeah it's a good heavy weapon uh, but then so you can you can go talk to Jacob and um, kind of just get his deal. If you try and ask like two personal questions, he's like, I don't really have time to talk about that right now. <laughs> I'll talk about that later. Um, but you can ask about like how he joined service and stuff. And he tells you that, you know, he stopped a Batarian terrorist attack uh, 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 before it was able to get to the Citadel. But it was like kept under wraps uh, as the council was wont to do uh, with t- terrorist attacks that were targeting the Citadel. Uh, so he's like, well, I'm, I'm not going to do all this stuff for, you know, no recognition or whatever. And so he, he joined up with uh, uh, Cerberus. Yeah, it was, it's kind of a pretty vanilla conversation. Jacob, unfortunately, is a pretty vanilla guy. <laughs> he's kind of boring. Kinda I boring. mean, I, we learn more about his backstory eventually, and sure. it's somewhat interesting, yeah. somewhat questionable. Um, mm, great. <laughs> And yeah, I so I, I'm trying not to 
you'll you'll get to know Jacob on your okay. own terms. <laughs> hey, fair enough. Yeah. So then it's time to go. Uh, and you hop into the galaxy map, which I, I said, I loved the galaxy map in Mass Effect Mm -hmm. one. I think it was awesome to just continue to keep zooming out and seeing how huge the fucking galaxy is. Uh, but this one, you get to fly around a little Normandy. So this one is better by leaps and bounds. Uh, and they kept the same exact music. I love how they were like, we don't need to change that. We got it perfect the first time and we're not changing it. Um, yeah. So you get to fly a little Normandy around, uh, something that is an amazing quality of life thing is that they tell you what sectors have, Mm -hmm. like what side quests in them awesome incredible amazing i hated having to cross-reference like my yeah. notes with then going to the planet and like wait is this the right system and then having to back out of the entire galaxy map to then check my notes again so this is great uh, uh incredible uh and we head to omega uh where we know archangel uh mm-hmm. the veteran uh zaid i uh, didn't write his last name and uh masani Mo- zaid masani mm-hmm. and uh uh morden solace are Uh, so we head to Omega and are greeted by uh, <laughs> greeted by a Solarian who's like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> can we can we just uh, quickly touch on what Omega is? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Omega is uh, not a planet, but like a space station. Um, or I, I see it is built in the mind out husk of a yeah. metallic asteroid. That's so um, fucking cool, dude. And it is basically like it's in the Terminus systems, which is this kind of like uncontrolled area of the galaxy. Mm. Um, And so it's basically just like a hub for crime Mm. and terrorism and like slavers. And like it is basically it's like the Wild West of (laughs) of Mass Effect, essentially. Mm. And Mm. it's fantastic. Okay, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. So you arrive and you're greeted by this Solarian named Fargate. Uh, who's like, hey, welcome to welcome to Omega. How's it going? Like, whatever. Uh, and then immediately is like told to fuck off by uh, Mocklin, uh, a Batarian. A lot of Batarians in this game or in this yes. in this space, I guess, because it is yes. like it's not uh, council mm-hmm. land, not land space. Um, <laughs> what's the opposite of land? It's space. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of Batarians around, which I thought was just fun. And this Batarian te- uh, Mocklin tells you, you know, Arya wants to see you. Uh, wants to know what brings a dead specter to Omega, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was an awesome line. Um, so, you know, we'll meet Arya in a moment. Uh, he says that she's in afterlife. Uh, and also a thing in this game is the maps are cool. Uh, yes. I like looking at the maps, but they are a bit confusing to parse. Like what is like levels, you know, like what's the mm-hmm. ground, you know, versus first, second, yeah. floor, third floor stuff. So, so that, that Batarian runs away and you walk forward a bit and you see this huge dude beating up a different Batarian. You can talk to him and be like, hey, what's up? And he says, hello, my name is Zaid Masani. I would love to join your crew. Zaid's vibes are fucking rancid, dude. Yeah. This man is awful. He's mm-hmm. got like, you know, the, 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 the one scarred eye or whatever. Yeah. He's got lots of tattoos and stuff. He's humongous. Um, mm-hmm. He's got this this accent that is extremely intimidating yeah uh, i think it, i think it's british or something dude is just scary and he's giant and he's got gun and he's just like a mercenary like that is all he does is like yeah. go and capture people and so you catch him in the middle of like capturing this batarian to like bring him in alive 
And he's like, yeah, so I'll just have, we'll just have to make a quick stop before we like move on to whatever <laughs> you're, whatever you want to do. Just absolutely rancid vibes. I wish there was a way to say like, no, maybe we could meet like later over like a cup of coffee or something <laughs> like this is kind of not the vibes that yeah. I was trying to. Uh, well, it's like curate. Cerberus. Cerberus has already recruited him. They yes. already cut a deal with him. They're yeah. like, OK, you know, if you join, we'll help you with this thing that you need help with. Yeah. And so you're just like kind of stuck with. Him. Yep. Yep. So he uh, he takes up a bunk and I was like, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and, and Kim had Kim had told me, um, you know, she had gotten the first squad mate and then stopped playing in, in her first dream. Oh, that's what you thought I meant. Is that okay. not what you meant? No. Oh, well, I was I, I meant like I did like the first like quest. To get oh, I didn't realize. OK, well, yeah, sorry. I forgot. I honestly forgot that you get Zaid it does here. just like happen. It just happens. Very. Yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. So then from there, I was like, OK, well, I'm not going to stop playing there because that's crazy. Yeah. So then I do here. Yeah. I do like Zaid is a fun character. He's not like a good guy. Yeah, he definitely seems he's a like great a wild, character. Yeah, 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 You'll, yeah. I'm sure I'll come around and like enjoy the antics, but like I'm not keen on having him as like part of my <laughs> world saving crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's fine. So then uh, you could either head to uh, you're told that that Morden is in like a quarantine bay or whatever, or a quarantined area of the city. So you could head right there. Uh, but I think in order to get there, you have to go through afterlife anyway. The layout was a bit confusing. No. To me. So to get, to get to the quarantine zone, what you're going to do is when you get off the Normandy, you're going to make a right. Right. And you're going to go into, I forget what the sign says, but the it's apartments? basically like, yes. Okay. Um, and then you're going to, when you get in there, you're going to see a Batarian preacher. Yes. And then you're going to make another right. Your next right. And there's going to be a Turian there mm-hmm. hassling a human woman who wants to go into the quarantine zone. Got it. Talk to that Turian. Show off your big guns. He'll let you through. Okay. All right. Good to know. Uh, I'll do that. I'll do that for next week. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I was in that zone, too, because I did the, um, what's his name? The side quest with the Quarian uh, mm-hmm. Ken. Yeah. Is that his name? Ken? <laughs> Something like Something that. Something like that. Uh, it's very funny. Um, so I was in that area, but I, I, that's good to know. So then you can head into Afterlife and you can go find Arya, uh, who is a uh, a sorry who basically like <laughs> you ask like, oh, you're in charge of uh, mm-hmm. you're you're in charge of Omega, and she she looks out and she spreads her arms. She says, <laughs> "I am Omega," um, which is intense, really intense energy. Um, So she's basically like the information broker and like, you know, financier and stuff and security and everything in Omega. Like she oversees. She basically runs Omega. Just uh, she's she's like a crime boss. essentially. Yes. She's extremely uh, good at it. Yes. She's such a good character. It it always makes me sad that you can't romance uh, Arya, unfortunately, because it's like she just has such good vibes. The vibes Um, are, are wild. Like when I say good vibes, like she's she's a terrible she's another person who's like a terrible person, but uh, just a really strong character. So you can ask her about like uh, Archangel and Morden and she'll tell you like where they are. Um, mm-hmm. But the Archangel one, uh, I think you need to have this conversation in order to do the Archangel mission, I think. I think you don't need to have the conversation with her, but you oh. do you do need to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Get recruited. What's it called? Afterlife. Yeah. yeah. To recruit. Yeah. Well, I had talked to I I think you might need to, because I had talked to that Batarian when I first walked into Afterlife. Oh, the one yeah. that's like the 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 mercenary whatever. And he's like, oh no, fuck off. 
<laughs> it's like, okay. So she tells you like the uh, Archangel is being hunted by mercenaries and Archangel is apparently just this like person who is here, who has just been fucking shit up. Uh, and there's, there's the three bands of mercenaries on Omega are like searching for them to like try and kill him so she's like the only way that you're going to get to the archangel is to get hired as a freelancer for one of these uh these merc uh, mm-hmm. uh groups so uh basically you have to go get hired to storm mm-hmm. the archangel's hideout which is just really funny yeah um uh, because you tell Arya that you want to leave with Archangel. And she's like, okay, but that's going to be like tough <laughs> because these mercenaries are trying to kill Archangel. But I just think it's so funny that like you tell her this and she's like, well, that's going to be hard for you. Mm-hmm. And then just like lets you go and do it. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just so funny. So I headed off and got recruited as a freelancer mm-hmm. for whatever mercenary group what did you do Um, about the young kid who goes in and tries to get recruited there's like a when you go into this they're basically the the merc groups are like recruiting freelancers out of like a private room in afterlife and so when you go in a young guy uh comes in after you and is like i just bought a gun and i want to go you know try and do this too uh Mm. what did you do there uh i did whatever the option i think it was the the paragon option mm-hmm. to like take the gun and say like get your money back and like show that it's like a faulty weapon or whatever yeah what did you do <laughs> Jin, let him go <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ it's not a Jin's business <laughs> yeah i guess not so then you head off and and you get uh kind of deep or briefed on like what the mission mm-hmm. is like okay well there's three groups and so we have you know we're going in waves but the freelancers quote unquote all the freelancers are going first because they're all expendable <laughs> Yeah, well, so the way the the setup for this is like fascinating to me. So the idea mm-hmm. is Archangel has basically uh like hunkered down in this apartment and the only way to get to it because there are like underground tunnels that he has like collapsed or shut. Um the only way to get to him is on this long boulevard um and like that like leads to a a bridge. And so he's a, and he's a great sniper and so he's just picking off everybody who tries to cross the bridge Mm -hmm. um and so when you enter this area where where like the archangel mission is there there's like this long like street where you like weave in and out of it and every time you weave into it you see that there's like people standing behind barricades like trying to shoot at him and he's shooting at them Mm -hmm. um and so like you're just like weaving in and out of this thing and seeing like this is like a live like situation it's just really well done um and so like when you're going to like side streets and like other areas is where you like run into all of these different merc groups and like get to know them so basically the plan is like they're gonna send some distraction groups in led by the freelancers that they really don't care if they get killed or not while an infiltration team goes i don't remember exactly how they're they're planning to get in yeah i I also don't really remember i think i think the plan is to just like throw the freelancers yeah like try and try and ride that wave yeah i think you're right yeah so you know brutal brutal tactics Mm -hmm. um but there are, you know, there are three groups, so they each have, like, each one of them is in charge of, like, a different wave or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can go through and, like, sabotage a couple of different things. So you can go and and hack a, a security bot, like a big security bot. Uh, hacking games in this in, in this game? Fun. I like them. Oh, you like them? 
I do. I, I have a good time. It took me a bit to understand the one where you have to like find the matching yeah. like, lines of code. But I once I figured it out, I was like, oh, OK, this is cool. So you can hack that and then, the, you know, it'll make that robot worse later on. And then there's a guy fixing up an airship, which apparently Archangel had taken down at an earlier date. Um, yeah, and they were like, can... he sh- with one <laughs> shot knew exactly where to hit it to yeah. like uh, disable it. Yeah, so you can sabotage the robots. And then uh, the guy who's fixing the airship, you can like, I, I thought you were just going to like tase him, but you fully just stab him in the back and yeah. kill him. Um, so that's fun. Well, uh, that is, that's a renegade quick time event. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So you like, if you don't do that, uh, the, I think the, airship like has more power or it comes sooner or mm. something i don't remember mm. um but yeah that is an interesting thing that you can do yeah uh and so then you begin to make your way to the archangel's hideout and as you do there is a cut scene uh where you see the archangel take up arms and it is uh what looks like a turian uh sniping people it's like oh yeah. i interesting before before you start the mission you can like walk around and talk to all of these different groups and you sort of get the information then that that it's a turian um if you ask the right questions uh and basically yes i didn't (laughs) yeah basically everyone is like yeah so this guy has just been like anytime so there's three merc groups um on omega there's the blue suns uh the blood pack and uh oh my god what's the one run by the solarian eclipse yeah you can talk to each of them and find out like what their deal is and the ways that that archangel's been fucking with them and he's like he's just a vigilante like he's literally Mm. just trying to sabotage their like criminal works which is very fun Mm -hmm. um but yeah you find out he's a turian he just like showed up out of the blue one day and nobody like knows where he came from Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you uh, make your way down this boulevard getting shot at and you uh, as you're making your way down you're like well we could make this easier for, for Archangel and so you just are basically shooting people in the back yeah. uh, as you're making your way to Archangel which is wild and then when you get there the man fires his final shot puts the sniper down you see he drops the helmet to the ground and we pan up as <laughs> Garrus Vicarian sits in the thirstiest pose that he possibly could. <laughs> he sits like on the edge of like a I don't know if it's a table or a couch or something and or like something, yeah. sticks his feet up on or one maybe one foot up yeah. on like another piece of furniture fully man spreading and yeah. we love him for it. Yeah. This is the my favorite uh, man spreading in history. Just so I'm sorry. You sent me a message. It was something to the effect of uh, how could you not be a monster fucker with this pose? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How could you not be a monster fucker when you see this guy? Like, yeah, Hot. it's a good pose. It is like <laughs> it honestly took my breath away. I was like pretty ambivalent on on Garrus uh, in the last game. But but man, this yeah, really, he's really he, he is so quippy in this game, too, yeah. that like yeah. it's he's laying on the charm you know yeah it's it's a lot so you know you have your your reunion with with garris and he basically he he, he says this line that uh um, his feelings got in the way of his better judgment um and that is how kind of how he ended up here um he had partnered with uh, another group which the mercenaries had taken out the rest of that group and so now he's the only one left he formed um, that group he created he formed that group. that group yeah ah 
I didn't catch that. He created his own squad, like Shepard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, to, wow. to fuck with the mercenaries here and like yeah. try and make Omega like a better place. Yeah. Realistic goals that are possible to achieve. I know. I know. Um, poor guy. <laughs> uh, so then there's a whole bunch of fighting. Uh, you got to close some gates. You got to, oh, uh, fucking, oh my God. I can't believe I didn't talk about the Vorcha. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these fools. I forgot. This is your first time meeting Vorcha. Are unexplainable i cannot believe these guys are a finalized alien design (laughs) in this video game they look like the green goblin mask from Mm -hmm. the original toby Maguire spider-man movie uh but with sharper teeth Mm -hmm. but like the head shape is the exact same the like eyes are the same and they just have they are baring their teeth at all times and and they just like talk in these kind of like broken sentences mm-hmm. uh and it seems like they're like just kind of used as uh like fodder for these merc groups kind of yeah they're they're very commonly part of the blood pack and i think the mm. idea is that like the blood pack just recruits them because they're yeah they're like cannon fodder they're just there are yeah. many vorcha on on omega and i think that they are um not like like a very you know like i i it's implied that they're like kind of like an oppressed group or mm-hmm. like they're kind of like in the shadows um not you know you don't see a lot of Vorcha like running businesses or anything you yeah know? no all the ones all the ones that i had encountered in omega were like in like the lowest level mm-hmm. like scrounging through like trash and stuff yeah uh, or just like cowering um so they're in a bad way these Vorcha, which is unfortunate but Aside from that, these dudes are horrifying to look at. <laughs> Tara looked up while I was playing this mm-hmm. yesterday and screamed at the TV. She's like, ah! <laughs> because she wasn't. Yeah. They're they're frightening. They got huge eyes. Their teeth are always out. They're very scary. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so there's a bunch of fortune that you fight. Also, just fight a, a few um t- uh, Krogans. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the blood pack Kro- wave. Yes. Um. And you know there are Solarians and stuff. So it's you know you go through the waves of each mm-hmm. mercenary group. And then the final one uh, is the airship that uh, they were repairing. Garrus gets absolutely destroyed yeah. by this air- airship, uh, and then you have to take it out, and you do. And then you think he's dead because there's like a puddle of blood, and then he yeah. like, starts moving, and you're like, "Okay, okay, we gotta go." Yeah, um, but he's like, he's like wheezing. He is bleeding. Turian blood is a dark blue. Fun dark fact. Blue, um, yes. So you see, he's like bleeding heavily. And your squad mates are like, we have to get him out of here. Like, he needs medical attention immediately. And this is kind of the plan the whole time of, like, we could get our way in, but then to get the Archangel out, we would have to fight our way out. There was no, like, back way There was no good, yeah, good other way to do that. So uh, uh, we get off of Omega and back to the Normandy, uh, and you're debriefing with uh, Jacob, who's just, like, he's, he's doing okay. You know, we were really worried and blah, blah, blah. Um, and like gets cut off, I think halfway through a sentence of being yeah. like, but yeah, he's, good, he's like, but. he's like, we were, we were mainly able to like the surgery was more or less a success, but, yeah. and then the door opens and Garrus walks in and it turns out the butt is that Garrus now has just a gnarly face scar. Yeah. Right now it's covered with like a bandage. Um, mm. I but, thought he was going to come in with like full sarin, like oh uh, sarin level like robotics yeah. on his face or something because they said they, they they had replaced some parts of him with you know uh, robotic parts yeah him, but and so the boy has a scar mm-hmm. uh s- sick 
He's, yeah. he's great. <laughs> yeah, he looks um, good. Yeah, and he, and you know he comes in with the quip of like, "Tell me, does it look too bad?" And then uh, Gortney shot back, "You weren't much to look at in the first place." Yeah, so it's not really that big of a difference. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Well, you know, that's a good thing because everybody was always hitting on me, so now you'll get a shot." <laughs> Nice. But that's what he says to um, M. Shep anyway, I guess. It's, oh, yeah. with, with F. Shep, I believe the line is women like men with scars, right? Most oh, of those yeah, women yeah, yeah. are Krogan. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, there we go. Uh, and so that's uh, Garrus is back and he is OK. I love him so much and I'm so yeah. sad that I can't romance him in this game. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, and that is where I uh, uh, stopped playing. That is yeah. the end of my... Uh... So I did do the Morden Solos mission because mm-hmm. I was sure that that's what you were going to do. Well, I was really <laughs> thinking about it. And then I was like, nah, you know what? Let's do this Archangel mission. Yeah. Morden can wait. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, that's yeah. that's what we'll talk about next week. Um, mm-hmm. That and I guess we'll decide because there's... Yeah. that That'll be relatively quick. So then we can maybe move on to the other dossier we currently have or um, there's a few other things we could do so i I, i'm gonna leave it to you again i want this to be like largely um your experience of the game sure Uh, sure yeah yeah so that has taken us through freedom's progress and the dossiers of the veteran and the archangel uh and like we just said keep an eye on our twitter um where you know that's where we usually post the Mm -hmm. stuff that we'll be playing for the week uh if you're trying to play along with us um i gotta tell you though I imagine that's really hard because all I want to do is continue playing Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, um, Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) This season, somebody said in in the Discord that I can't wait for the 48-hour Mass Effect episode. And like, this season could just be one huge episode of us talking about the entire game. Yeah. Because, geez, I want to keep playing it. It's so good. I'm Um, so glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, I love being back in this world. I love how great they've made uh, Gortney look. Uh, somebody also in the Discord was saying that like the graphical jump from mm-hmm. 2007 to 2010 or 11, whenever this game came out, Big. is huge. It's huge. It's awesome. And I'm sure that some of it is like up-resed in the Legendary Edition as well. Mm-hmm. Probably. And so, so I, I, yeah, I'm excited to see what 3 looks like, honestly, because I imagine 3 probably just looks like a current day like AAA game. <laughs> Uh, in some ways, I mean, I mean, I know three is like almost a decade old at this point. So yeah, maybe I wouldn't, I wouldn't get your hopes up that far, but sure. (laughs) It looks good. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. Follow us on Twitter. It's at async pod for, for any updates or anything. Um, and, uh, yeah, the regular outro time. Yeah. No, we don't, we don't have any like post story theory stuff to do anymore. I feel like we're missing a piece of the show. Uh, in a funny way but yeah so uh, follow the show on async pod thank you so much to scout wilkinson for our wonderful podcast art it's really good if you want to see her stuff uh, check it out uh, at ko-fi ko-fi dot co the link com. is in the show yeah, the I don't know that you need to spell like it to out every day <laughs> uh, yeah so that link's in the description uh, you can also follow her on twitter and stuff Thank you uh, also to Amaranthan for writing our wonderful intro and outro track. Uh, all of his stuff is on his Bandcamp, which is in the show notes. Also, quick uh, thank you to uh, Chase 
from Video Game Potimism yeah. and also Scout again uh, for last week's asynchronous episode. Yeah, that's um, great. I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed that uh, that bullshit and, his, and also that conversation <laughs> about Son of the Lion King. Um, absolutely wild. Uh, uh, thank you, Chase, so much for for arranging that and springing it on Kim and I. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. No just warning. all of a sudden, it was uh, upon us, and yeah. it was delightful. And we were like, "Oh, yeah. perfect! Now we can uh, take a little break one take week." A week <laughs> off, yeah. So, so thank you, Chase. If you want to listen to Chase's podcast, that link is also in the show notes. It's in the link of uh, this a stink show notes as well. But uh, thank you, Chase. Thank you, Scout. Uh, and thank you, Amaranthan. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at AJ Falleri. I am at Okimis. And again, if you want to uh, follow along as I stream Jin's uh, adventures through Mass Effect 2, it's twitch.tv slash Okimis. Yes, that link will also be in the show notes. And thank you very much, as always, to The Worst Garbage for having us. Uh, link to theworstgarbage.online, which has... Uh, links to all of the shows on the network as well as a link to the community discord uh, that is at the very bottom of the show notes. Before we go this week, Kim, do you have any final words for us? I do. Uh, A piece of advice. Don't trust anyone who makes more than you do. Fuck yeah. See everybody. Bye. Bye. Garbage. Go online.